0: Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your rosary on the road. I have an intention in the inbox that have a lot of people returning intentions here. We had a, intern- a returning intention from S, and now we've got a returning intention from James, who has written into us before, and he is struggling with much the same uh, sorts of things that he's been struggling with in the past, and he's asked us to pray for him, for uh to help him with uh, with the one with a thing that so many men seem to be struggling with today which is work and women. And that's something I suppose that men have been struggling with for <laughs> a very long time actually. Uh and finding the right place to be. I've, it's inspired a little bit of a reflection that I hope will be helpful to everybody uh today but uh, for uh, for the prayer segment for our Prayer is our intentions today. The thing I want to pray for most, and it's not explicitly what he asked for, and I'm somewhat reluctant to change the intention, but I think that in the spirit of what he was writing, he'd appreciate it. Uh, I want to pray for uh, peace of heart for James, uh, that the Lord will help to settle the storm and the tempest that uh, he has been trying to navigate in his own heart and his own soul and that this calming this peace of heart will give him the clarity that he desires but above all that this peace should be should dwell within him that's that's what i want to pray for today if you have an intention to um, to send in, uh, you have uh, something you'd like us to pray for, whether it's for you or for a friend, whether it's something great or something small, even if it's something you consider petty and trivial, I encourage you to send that in. Send it to Daily Decade Requests. That's Decade D E C A D E requests in the plural at protonmail.com, and it'll give us an opportunity to pray for you. It'll give you an opportunity to take advantage of the audience that by the grace of God we've gathered here to have your prayers brought before the throne by multiple voices, and thereby everybody gets something out of that. Now for today, uh, let's go ahead and pray for James. I want to pray for peace of heart for him. Uh, Today is a Wednesday, so we're going to pray in Latin today. I just get my rosary beads here that got all tangled up on me. There we are. In nomine Patris, e Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater nostr, qui es in Caelis, sanctificator nomen tuum, ad regnum tuum. Fia voluntas tua, sicud in Caelo et in Terra, panum nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie. Et dimini nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos minimus debitoribus nostris. Et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos malo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et in hora mortis nostrae amen Ave Maria gratia plena dominus tecum benedicta tu Maria et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. sancta Maria mater Dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et in hora mortis nostrae amen Ave Maria gratia plena dominus tecum Benedicta tu in murieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Teco. Benedicta tu in murieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pra nobis peccatoribus, nunc in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta Tu in modiarius, et benedictus fructus ventris Tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in Moriadibus, et Benedictus Fructus Ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pra nobis Peccatoribus, Nunc et in Ora Mortis Nostrae, Amen. Ave Maria, gratia Plena, nominus te. Benedicta tu in Moriadibus, et Benedictus Fructus Ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pre nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus teco. Benedicta tuum modieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pre nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri et Fidio et Spiritui Sancto. SICU PRINCIPIO ET NUNC ET SEMPER ET IN SECUDA SECULO. AMEN. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dulcedo et Spes Nostri, Salve. Ate clamamus exulis filia evi, ate suspiramus gementes et flentes en haclacromaram vale. Ay ergo, advocata Nostra, Ilos tuus misaccordes oculos ad nos converte, et jesum viatum fructum ventris tui, nobis posto exilium ostende. O Clemens, o Pia, O dulce virgo Maria. Ora for nobis, sancta de Genatrix, ut digni officiamor promissionibus Christi. Aremus. For forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O St. Dominic Savio and St. Pio, we ask thy intercession on behalf of of the servant of God, James. St. Dominic, who was known as a peacemaker from the time of your tender youth, ask Christ our Lord that his servant, James, might have peace of heart and of mind. St. Pio, gifted with clarity of vision and singularity of purpose, intercede on behalf of this servant of God, that he might share these things and see clearly his vocation, that in his life he might, as you had, give forth the glory of God without fear and without confusion. And this we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who livest and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us, in our daily confusions, our absence of peace. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sacredissimum Corde Jesu, miserere nobis. Sacredissimum Corde Jesu, nobis. Sacredissimum Corde Jesu, miserere nobis. In nomine Patris, Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Now, uh, Saint Pio is of course Padre Pio. I know he's he's Saint Pio of. uh, And now you know why I said St. Pio, rather than trying to give his full title. I can't remember the name of the town that he's supposed to be from, because I always just refer to him as Padre Pio. But if you were wondering who that was, that's who that was. And if you don't know who St. Dominic Savio is, I encourage you to go look him up. Uh, He really is a a marvelous little story uh, surrounding him. I had not heard of him myself until fairly recently, Uh, Because my children, uh, one of my children, uh, when uh, they were baptized, protecting the identities of the innocent here, uh, received a book, uh, a children's book of saints. And he was mentioned in there uh, after, um, I think, St. Alphonsus and Aloysius Gonzaga were both in there. Uh, And then this little boy, Dominic Savio, showed up. I'd never heard of him before. There's so much hope. In these children saints that we encounter, uh, whether it's it's Blessed Imelda, whether it's Saint Dominic Savio, uh, Saint Maria Goretti, you have these. The, uh, I mean, the children of Fatima, Saint Bernadette, too. You know, the innocence of children and their faith, strong faith, is something that truly glorifies God and something which he seeks to reward when he sees it because it is closer to the perfection in which he formed man there's a couple of church fathers there was a debate that goes back and forth I I can't remember what side St. Thomas Aquinas comes down on but among the early church fathers there was a debate over what the nature of Adam and Eve was when they were in the garden and there was a, a, a party in this debate that argued that they were like children, that they had the minds of children. Uh, that uh, and so There was an argument even that, that they had the bodies of children when they were first created. Um, again, I, I can't remember what the official uh, teaching... Or the close to official teaching of the Holy Catholic Church is on the subject. Usually, when there's not an official dogmatic or doctrinal declaration, uh, we revert back to looking at Saint Thomas Aquinas because of uh, the, uh, uh, the encyclical from the uh, uh, from I think it was it's either Pope Pius or it's Pope Leo the Thirteenth, uh, and it's either <laughs> it's either eterni Patri or it's Pastor eternus. I think it's eterni Patri. Uh, I always get the two of them mixed up. One of them is Papal Infallibility, and one of them is St. Thomas Aquinas, um, being the go-to, the the perfection, the perfect expression of the Catholic faith. Whatever the case may be, uh, I don't know what he has to say on the subject, but it is worth looking into. Uh, Children reflect the innocence, the simplicity of belief that... And even the the, inquisi- the sort of innocent curiosity, this innocent inquisitiveness. Children's curiosity is different than adults' curiosity. There's something pure about it. And God always favors that. Anyway, I don't know why I got off on that tangent. It wasn't at all what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, rather, the the thing I want to talk about today... And it was something inspired by something that I read and I was thinking about. As I, as I read through the email I received, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, my principal purpose here is to make sure that people have other people praying for them. I'm I meant to bring prayers. I, I don't really want to turn myself into some kind of Dear Abby column because whatever advice I would give would be inferior to whatever advice anyone would receive from their priests. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a priest. I'm not a, uh, I'm not here to be some kind of guru. I don't set myself up like that. and I'm certainly not entitled to that position. I don't have very good advice. I've taken a lot of bad advice in my own life and uh, at least half of that was my own. <laughs> so I don't want to advise but I was thinking a bit about the source of this tribulation that so many of us experience in relation to our work. And I think that it ultimately comes back to a misunderstanding of what our vocation is. And that is, I don't know that it's essentially American, but I do blame America and American culture for creating this sense that your vocation is tied up in what in your employment what you do for money uh, how you make your living your vocation has an intimate tie to that and I have looked into the church fathers and I have looked at scripture and I can find nowhere where there is any basis in the teaching of Christianity for this belief when we talk about vocation, that is the call of God. There are many people in scripture who are called by God. Not a single one of them is called to make money. There are many people spoken of in the fathers of the church who hear the call of God and to that end pursue certain things, none of which are professional in nature. And so it's strange to me that we seem to have come to this conclusion that God wants me to be a teacher, God wants me to be a conservationist, God wants me to be a writer. Uh, these and, and I and I'm going to support myself doing this. This is going to be my living. God has put me on the earth uh, to uh, I don't know write dime novelettes or what have you. There's a, a confusion. Our vocation, our call from God is how we are meant to take those talents, and by talents I mean not just how we mean them in the sort of colloquial sense, but how they're meant in the scripture. That is everything that God has given you. It is your circumstances, it is your, uh, your uh, mental abilities, it is your skills, it is your acquired skills, the things you have the opportunity to learn, right down to your body type, I mean, it, everything. Everything that God has given you as part of who you are physically. Your temptations, your challenges, people have unique temptations, they have unique evils. One man might find it very easy to, go, to avoid gluttony. Another man uh, might find it uh, particularly uh, easy to avoid lust. I'm thinking of the things that afflict us today, most of all. Both men might struggle with pride. Our temptations are our own as well. Everything that God has given us, we can take those to multiply the gifts of God, which are the talents. Or we can bury everything and hide from God. So often people who think they are pursuing their vocation are actually doing the latter. They are hiding the things that they are, that God has given them, their circumstances. They're fleeing from their circumstances. They're throwing away their skills in favor of pursuing a, a fancy, a, a sort of a phantasm that they've created before themselves Uh, of themselves it's an image of themselves that they see and pursue and they avoid their vocation in order to seek a profession that fulfills what they imagine their vocation to be we have to divorce these things if we want to understand how to actually serve god and live within the sight of god in our day-to-day lives we need to be able to divorce uh, how we live physically in the world and how we serve God, glorify Him, and fulfill His will for us. So often God gives us our work as crosses, not as vocations. Our vocations are different. It took me some time to discern that my vocation is to be a father, that seems very strange, doesn't it? You know, so many, all men are called, in a way, to become fathers. Uh, but, and, and no man ever makes money merely because he's a father. But in the, the case of everything that has been put before me and all the talents that I have, the chief talent that appears before me is my ability to uh, influence, to direct, uh, and to love my children and to give them the tools that they need in order to discern their own vocations and to, uh, and to come into their own. And I do not doubt that I am not unique in this. I am by no means some kind of shining example that was put on earth in order to shape the next generation. There was a time in my life when I did believe that and I wanted to be, a, uh, I wanted to be something completely different you know, that, that didn't involve having children at all. But there are many men just like me out there whose sole vocation is to prepare the next generation for the tribulations which are to come, who have a unique vision, the ability to see what's coming and prepare for it, who have the opportunity and have a woman in their life who is prepared to have children and to assist in raising them, and who have the has the have the resources to actually physically and that is, uh, uh, I guess, monetarily, gastronomically, etc., support a family. Their vocation is not what they do for a living. They, they could work at a Coca-Cola bottling plant. Their, their job is to prepare those children for what is coming, to confront it, and to glorify God in all that they do. There are others who, that's not the case. There's other, there are others who are called to have children, but their primary vocation is not as to be a father or to be a parent. Their primary vocation is something else. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't make a very good father. It doesn't mean that they won't make a very good mother, if, we, if we're talking about a woman. But, but they have, that was not their primary function. It's not the intention that divine providence has for them as to what they are to do to glorify God. What is their chief thing that they, with which they glorify God? And you'll see a running theme here. You can do a lot of things with your life that are not your chief vocation and they can all be admirable and they can all be good and praiseworthy and without them you would not be able to do your vocation. There are women who uh, for example, are uh, make wonderful, wonderful mothers, but they were primarily put on earth for what they can do with their parish. But they wouldn't be able to participate at their parish if they weren't mothers in the first place. So you see, it, it's not just the vocation itself. The vocation itself depends on a lot of these other things that you do. In, in many ways, to have a primary vocation as a parent, for example, since I keep coming back to my own example, is really a reflection on what God considers your own abilities to be and each of us is given a cross perfectly shaped to our shoulders and is given a hill to climb that is perfectly shaped to our feet and legs and is given a task a vocation for which we were formed there is a U-shaped hole in the world and you've got to figure out how where it is and how to fill it that's the point of a vocation that's the point of a calling what god has done where God specifically places us in our time this is why wishing that you were born in another time wishing you were born in another place wishing you had you were you were a different race wishing you were a different person why that's such an affront to God it really is a vicious rejection of God's will it makes an idol entirely of the self and it opens one up to such diabolical attack that it can actually twist you into a perversion, a subhumanity. Uh, this, it, it, it drags you below even the most basic intention of God f- that God has for all of us. Now, I know that, that that's subhumanity has with it certain, it, that phrase carries with it certain uh, connotations, denotations, etc. But I don't know how else to describe that. You're lower than an animal at that point. When you reject God and you reject his His will for you, you are lower than a beast. That's the, There's prayers, uh, um, evening prayers, monastic evening prayers that talk about that, you are, that even, even the beasts obey God. Man alone, because of his will, can reject God. And when he does that, he becomes lower than a beast because no matter how vicious or how... Uh, A beast may appear to us. He, He is, it is, what God has created it to be. When we reject what God has created us to be, when we reject our humanity, we reject his will, we have become lower than that. In the same way that the fallen angels, the fallen angels don't move down the hierarchical ladder. They don't cease to be angels and become human. They become demons. And so what does a human being who falls become? And so these mental illnesses that people experience today, and it gets worse and worse with each passing year this this this, this trans thing the the sodomite the various uh, sodomite identities that are out there all of these are ultimately rejections of god 's will for them because they reject the cross that they're given to bear they reject the circumstances in which they are placed and they by rejecting those things they open themselves up to the demons who then take hold of them and twist them into these perverse shapes these perverse demi-humans that they become that's really that's really what these people are they're demi-humans and the demons cannot create themselves, but because the devil is the ape of God, he will always seek to do exactly that you get I hate to do this because it 's so cliche to go to Tolkien but uh, this is part of what he was getting at why he made the orcs and the elves the way they were the elves being the creatures of the uh, of the deity in his universe, and the orcs being taken by this creature Morgoth and twisted. There are elves that were taken and twisted because Morgoth cannot create anything of his own. He's Satan, that's Satan. He cannot take anything, he cannot make anything himself, but he can't twist that which was created and make it uniquely his own. And so we must always be, and when I say this, those who reject their vocations or lose their vocations lose sight of their vocations I should say you can't lose your vocation but lose sight of their vocations or don't really get a hold of them I'm not saying that they become twisted demoniacs like the trans people uh, but they run a similar risk they open themselves up to demonic influence and demonic temptation that leads them further from God in some cases they become twisted mockeries of humanity in most cases they merely lose their way and they can feel that you you can feel that melancholy depression despondency listlessness these are forms of demonic oppression and i don't mean that in the strict sense like you know you have demonic oppressions you have demonic uh, possession and all of these things i don't mean i don't mean it in a theological sense i mean it in a much more colloquial sense the demon is oppressing you feels oppressive it's, it's a form of demonic attack. To see with clarity our vocation and what God intends for us, we need to learn to do two things, really. The first one is to lay aside all social expectations and all worldly values to completely strip ourselves of carnality. Meister Eckhart, I, I almost reluctant to quote him because he has some of the he, he is somewhat condemned, but this was not a condemned proposition of his. Uh, Meister Eckhart wrote uh, said in one of his sermons that he gave to the uh, women in the convents in the Rhine uh, that a man can be in the holiest place on earth. I'm paraphrasing, and be very far from God. It is not the call of a Christian to go on pilgrimage but rather to make a pilgrimage within his soul and to learn to be in the stillness and be in the presence of God wherever he is to enter into the desert within oneself and find God there is a much higher thing than to visit every holy site around Jerusalem to visit all the stations of Rome, and to have an audience with the Holy Father himself, to see all the great saints, to kiss their relics, to pray where Christ prayed and the apostles prayed—it sounds like a really a great thing, doesn't it? But it's far greater to never leave one's own one cell, speak monastically, and have God present there, because the presence of God. Requires a specific kind of heart, a specific kind of mind and mentality, and so eliminating carnality and the expectations of the carnal world—that's the first step to discerning a vocation. And I don't just mean the priesthood when I say discern. I know we talk about discerning. I I discerned out. We we discern. We discern in. Discern out. These are terms that are used to describe the priesthood. I'm speaking more generally. We figure it out what God wants us to be by allowing God into our hearts but we cannot allow God into our hearts unless we empty those hearts of all the things which compete for God fulfilling the first commandment I have no other gods before me clear out those idols first and the second is to cultivate a constant presence of God so that you always have a compass working you you can't have a compass without magnets and if the magnets aren't properly charged the compass stops working well our moral compass requires constant recharging it requires constant maintenance on those magnets and that maintenance comes in the form of a good spiritual life if we are concerned with maintaining a good spiritual life then inevitably it's these two are, are intertwined. They're almost like yin and yang. They're constantly twisting around each other and curling around each other. They're 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 tied together. You can't have one without the other. By cultivating silence in our souls, we inevitably create a situation whereby we do a lot of maintenance on these spiritual magnets of the compass of our hearts, the compass of our of our souls. And likewise, by doing that maintenance, we are cultivating the silence in which we hear the Lord. And so they're, they're tied together. And that's how we discern where we're supposed to be, through prayer and the perfection of our spiritual life. That's how we discern what it is that God wants us to do. Now, my spiritual life is not perfect. I don't mean to say that I've figured out what I'm supposed to do because my prayer life is perfect. I'm, per- I'm perfect. I've figured it out. I'm a saint. It's, I'm not saying that at all but by stepping away from what I desired for myself what I knew the people around me desired for me and stepping away from all of the carnal qualities, the carnal expectations and looking hard in a, in a proper examine at what God had given me I was able to discern by looking at the gifts that He had given me, what gifts I was meant to cultivate and return to Him. That's how I came to the conclusion I came to. I have a long way to go with my prayer life. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here doing a podcast on a daily Rosary, and I can tell you right now, this week, I missed the Rosary. I have a lot to work on. I have to get to confession. I have a, we all have a lot to do. And my prayer today is that we will have, like our general petition for uh, for James, that all of us will have the peace and the clarity necessary to do what we need to do, to perfect our spiritual life, to find and fulfill the calling which God has placed. In all of us, as his children in baptism. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.